Hey Mosaic, welcome to our Mosaic Midweek. Uh, this week's a little different. I'm actually down in Florida. I know, I know, it's so rough, but I'm here as one of the pastors assessing possible uh, church planting candidates. And so I get to be down here getting to know people's stories and in hearing all about their plans on one of the church planters. And so I'm excited to get that opportunity. I remember when uh, Chris and I went to church planters assessment uh, six years ago, hard to believe. And we shared our story of wanting to plant a church called Mosaic Church, a, a church where everyone who is broken and hurting to be put back together to form God's work of art, his mosaic. And wow, this is the church that we talked about is here. So that's just, just amazing. So anyways, I'm just glad that uh, you are able to join us tonight for our Mosaic Midweek or whenever you're going to watch it. Tonight's just a little bit different. Like I said, uh, a couple weeks ago, we are taking a little break as we go through the book of John. And uh, we did our football Sunday last Sunday. And then this coming Sunday, we have our, our relationship goals, relationship seminar. It's going to be awesome. So I just want to share something else that's kind of been on my heart while I've been down here on this trip. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Matthew 20, verse 20, and uh, I'm going to actually read out of the NIV uh, because uh, I grew up reading the NIV, and sometimes I like to go back to it. So here we go. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the other two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercised authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, if you've been in our church a while, you probably heard this story, um, but I want to dive into it a little bit. So you've got uh, the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and what that means is they were the sons of thunder. And I think it's pretty funny that they actually went to their mom to, you know, basically go to their boss and say, hey, can we have this promotion? Like, if you're working for someone and your mom goes to your boss to ask for a promotion for you, like, that's not good. And so the mom goes there and her two boys are behind her, the sons of thunder. And they're like, Jesus, can we be at your right and left? Like, not a good look for these two. And Jesus is like, hey, what you're asking for is not something that I can grant. I mean, it's probably pointing ahead to when he's on the cross and the thief and the murderer that's going to his right and his left and he's talking about his future kingdom. But they're like, hey, we want to be great. And it says that the other 10 were indignant. Have you ever been indignant? <laughs> that's like, you know, maybe you're single and you're in college or high school or whatever. And you see that really pretty girl and you tell your friend, like, wow, isn't she pretty? But you don't have the guts to go and talk to her. I remember you know, we used to go to Christian skate night at, uh, you know, for Christian roller skating, and you'd see that pretty girl. It's like, ooh, 
oh, who is that? You know, I'll go talk to her. I'll go ask her out, but you don't have the guts to do it. Then your friend does and asks her out and, and she gets the, he gets the date with her and you are indignant. It's like, who do you think you are? It's like, well, I'm the one who got the date. You know, that, that's what the disciples are thinking. They're like, they're indignant with James and John because they had that desire for greatness as well. They didn't want to admit it. Now, here is the critical thing. That Jesus says that in uh, verse 25, Jesus called together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Don't be like the rest of the world. Don't be like the Gentiles who want to lord it over everyone else, who want to be great for their own greatness. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you, don't want to be great. Don't have that desire. Take away any ambition that you have. That's actually not what Jesus says here. He doesn't say, not so with you. Have no ambition. Have no desire for greatness. He says, whoever wants to become great must be your servant. Must be a servant. See, I believe that God has put inside each one of us this desire for greatness. And see, Jesus right here could have said, hey, guys, don't have this desire for greatness. Just settle to be mediocre, setter, settle for average, for the middle of the pack. Don't stand out. Instead, he says, no, if you want to be great, here's how you become great. Not like the world does it, out of selfish, vain ambition for yourself, but instead to be great for the sake of the world. Jesus affirms that desire for greatness inside of each and every one of us. I'll admit it. I want to be great. Now, I feel awkward even just saying that out loud. But the, the truth is, I want to be a great pastor. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great musician and speaker and writer and songwriter and son and brother. That desire for greatness is from God, and that is good. Jesus says, though, the way to greatness is service. Here's how Paul says it again. Philippians 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Paul doesn't say, have no ambition. Paul says, don't have selfish ambition. It's like selfish loving or, uh, you know, whatever that might be. You know, we, we don't say, uh, you know, be less loving. We don't say, you know, uh, you know, be less generous or less wisdom. Ambition is a good thing. Put in our hearts by God, this desire for greatness, the striving for ambition but don't have selfish ambition for yourself. Instead, serve others. That's what Jesus is saying. If you want to be great and that is a good desire, serve others. So here's my challenge, Mosaic. 
lean into that desire for greatness. How can you be great by serving others? And here's where you can start. Start with your church. Start with your neighborhood. Start with your family. Bradley, Jenny, Wendy, Lisa, I want you to be, strive to be great online hosts. Because here's the reality. People are dying and going to hell. People are considering suicide. People are looking for some hope and they're going to log on and they might be there. They may not. And you as online hosts, if you strive to be great at being an online host, you can provide hope. You can provide connection. You can listen to them. You can pray for them. Be great online hosts. Casey and Anne and Kristen and Amber and Ethan and Christina and Katie and Mike, those who are serving our kids back in elementary during this season. I want you to strive to be great teachers and leaders for our children because these kids are struggling with so much anxiety and, and their world has been turned upside down. Some are going to school, some are not. They're just looking for some connection. They're looking to have seeds planted in their hearts to point them to Jesus. You are making an impact in those kids' lives right here, right now. I want you to strive to be great at teaching, at loving those kids as hard as it can be sometimes. And their parents are sitting in service, able to hear a message, to connect with God because you are serving and leading and teaching those kids. So when you're doing it, don't just do it to, to you know, check off a box because you have to be great at that. Matt and Josh and, and Kim and Brenda and all our worship leaders, people are hungry for connection with God to feel something, to have their hearts and spirits stirred. And so be great worship leaders. Study your craft hard, not so you look great, but so that you are able to help you connect with God through music, through reading a psalm, through prayer. Because people need your gifts and your talents to connect with God because they're just looking for some hope. Brian, Jeremy, as you greet people outside or inside, strive to be the greatest greeters that you can be. I know it's cold. I know we don't have a lot of volunteers right now. But every week we have people coming in who are new. And I want you to show them the love and kindness and grace of God to be great greeters, to show hospitality and friendship to say that hey we are expecting you we're so glad that you are here with us today and michael and jay and my son joshua and graydon and mel and 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 christina and everyone who serves in the tech team strive for greatness you set the tone you set the atmosphere for both our in-person service and our online service i want you to be the greatest camera operators you can be, the greatest switchers, sound technicians, running slides, so that people can clearly hear the message of Jesus and connect with God through worship and, and testimonies and, and the word. Parents out there, strive to be a great parent. I know it's hard. We're so tired of the kids around all the time. 
but how can you intentionally be that great parent who is showing love and compassion to kids and, and teaching them the way of Jesus and having them memorize scriptures and you're reading the scriptures together? How can you be a great husband, a great wife? Church, if we're going to continue to make an impact in our world, we need to have ambition to strive to be the best that we can possibly be. Not out of selfish ambition, not out of selfish desire, but to be like Jesus. Jesus had the greatest ambition of anyone who's ever lived. If he was in kindergarten, he had his little sign, what do you want to be when you grow up? His would, meet, his would be savior of the whole world. Whoa, he was only one of those, Jesus. You know, he wanted to save the world. That was his desire. That was his secret ambition for my uh, 80s uh, CCM fans, Michael Lee Smith. But Jesus had this ambition to save the world. That through him, people could be reconciled to God. And how did he do that? By being a suffering servant, by laying down his life for others. That's what God calls us to do. You and I, we need to have that same ambition that Jesus had. We need to make it hard to go to hell for people who are living in Osseo and Maple Grove and Champlin and Rogers and Brooklyn Park and Corcoran and Dayton. We need to help people find hope who are considering suicide, who are considering getting a divorce. We need to meet tangible physical needs of people in our community, people who are, are going hungry, who are part of Osseo Senior High School. We need to show friendship by having more and better online small groups and in-person small groups. Church, there's so much that Jesus calls us to do and he invites us in that we need to have ambition. It's good to desire to be great. Church, I want us to be a great church. Not in comparison to anyone else, but simply with who we know God has created us to be. Would you join me in striving for greatness? Which means laying down our own preferences, which means serving others by laying down our life like Jesus did. And so here's the deal. We're, we're going to be slowly ramping things back up. We've kind of had a year off and people starting to get into serving a little bit. But I want to encourage you to start thinking about how can you lay down your life? How can you start serving at your church so that people can hear the hope and message of Jesus? We're going to start. We've got, been doing elementary kids programming, just half a service. We're going to start going the whole service. We're going to start operating one nursery room. So we're going to have two kids in this room. So we need some more families. Some couples are going to step up and say, you know what? Once a month, I can serve those kids. Not just because I have to, but I want to be the greatest kids ministry leaders I could possibly be. Because I'm planting seeds in these kids that someday are going to be adults. And they're going to be mothers and fathers someday. And I want them to know Jesus and to love Jesus. Because now they're learning these skills for, for later. And I, I want them to know that I'm a safe Karen, adult who was in their life, who's, who's for them. And even if life seems a little chaotic, they can come to Mosaic and, and know that there's some leaders who love them and, and, and trust, and they can put their trust in them. 
we're gonna need some more people to serve as, as greeters, to welcome people in, and people start to wanna come back, more online hosts to interact with people, to chat with them, to, to, to help people know the love and grace of Jesus. So church, how can you be like Jesus? How can you lay down your life? How can you serve others? God has called us not just some mediocre, not just an average church who just says, hey, this is good enough. No, God has designed us for greatness, not in comparison to anyone else, but simply to be the church that he has designed us to be. Let us strive for greatness for Jesus' sake, for the sake of the world. See you Sunday.